Thanks for listening to the Who's Flying the Plane podcast. I'm Alex and I'll be interviewing creative people about what they do, why they do it and how they made it into a career. My guest today is comedian Ali Woods, who you may recognise from his viral Instagram comedy sketches or you may have heard him on his own podcast, All I Do Is Fail. I was actually listening to your podcast the other day, uh, the newest one, and I feel like you guys both missed out on something you were discussing whether there are more doors or wheels in the world um what what do you think what i thought that you guys seem pretty confident that it was doors and i was thinking there's so many vehicles that you're because you said oh well cars you know you got four four wheels but five doors but i feel like you've left out every skateboard scooter motorbike you know thousands of these things (sighs) it's an excellent point (laughs) so i think i've changed back to wheels i think i have I feel like Tom was really confident coming in. And so I sort of thought, oh, what an idiot. He's got the answer. And then he didn't have the answers. I was like, oh, right. But I was still like, okay, it must be doors. And then I chatted to another friend who listens to the podcast. And he's like, it's got to be wheels. Um, But then he was also saying that, oh, maybe cogs count as wheels. And if cogs count as wheels, then there's loads. But I was like, you can't have that. That's too too far. I think, yeah, I mean, you had Phoebe on there saying that, doors on an advent calendar count as doors which i think is really pushing it but that's mm. just my opinion i don't know i felt like yeah I th- i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with wheels that's my official answer to that question i went with wheels as well i'd love it i'd love it to be some sort of rorschach test like a wheels person or a doors person tells a lot about you but i don't <laughs> think it's that deep i'd love it to be like yeah wheels because you're adventurous you like like to go places that's why you think there must be more wheels whereas if your doors like you're very shut off you don't like being vulnerable <laughs> And uh, so I think I think I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say I'm a wheels person, and that there's no right answer. Like, <laughs> it's just there are wheels and there are doors persons. That's kind of reminding me of that. Have you ever heard that theory that you're either a, a rat or a pig? Have you no, heard this? <laughs> neither neither of them sound that nice. No. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you this, can't. You're not you allowed think, to. This get, is my dating life. <laughs> you're not allowed to get offended by it because they're both pretty harsh things. But it's about right, yeah. it's about like the kind of face shape that you have. And someone in an oh, office okay. I used to work and work and taught me about it. And it's basically, do you have like a roundish face or a more pointy yeah. one? And I think yeah. by that. I've heard that with, with horses and plates. That's what I've heard. Horses and plates. Yeah, yeah. You either got a horse face or a plate face. What, what would you go for? <laughs> for me, I think I'm slightly more horse. Depends how many cookies I've been eating that yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think I'm, I'm a think rat I'm face person, to be horse, fair. Horse. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going rat. So therefore, horse. I think. Yeah. On your scale. Yeah. Um. But yeah, your your podcast is called uh, "All I Do Is Fail," and I I like how far you've already strayed from that kind of manifesto for it because I haven't <laughs> I haven't heard you talk about a personal failure on any of the episodes that I've heard. Because <laughs> um, we just crush it. That's why. It's so, yeah. it's so annoying. Every day I'm like, oh, another week of just absolutely smashing life. This just, is so Since you started it, you've just figured it all out. You've answered enough, you know, um, agony uncle questions yeah. and stuff now that you've reached the point where you've just got it under control. You're not failing anymore at all. 
Mate, we're goats, man. Don't, <laughs> don't matter about that, man. Yeah, we've perfected failure, so it doesn't feel like it anymore. I suppose that's that's the big thing, isn't it? I mean, when we started our podcast, it was like, yeah, with the thinking of, of let's get people talking about their failures. And we started a way ago, like 2017. But we didn't like, you know, those creative projects where you don't start them properly and you just sort of go, this would be a fun idea. Let's do one and then oh, maybe do another. And um, So for years, we had people coming on, talking about failures, mainly comedians, talking about a time they failed, try and do one personal, one career. But then in the lockdown, we just stopped getting guests on because like, I'm not going to organise a guest every week. We're not even in there with us. And then um, and then we just enjoyed chatting amongst ourselves. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, feel like, yeah. I was like, get more airtime for my voice. This is great. <laughs> I feel like now it's kind of Tom ranting about everyday problems and you sort of, sort of allow like commenting on it i feel like that's the basic structure of the conversations at the moment he seems yeah he's always quite like no he's not angry but like he's ready to rant off about something and you're there to sort of calm him down a bit i feel like that's the, the <laughs> dynamic at the moment yeah but i, I think that, i mean it bless you alex for saying there's any semblance of structure i really appreciate <laughs> that um but uh yeah, I think I think there is a little bit of that of of personality clashes of um, yeah, he's quite a sort of an anxious person and also quite a sort of you know standards must be met person as well of like you just can't do that like and I'm more of a, a person of like yeah well ultimately these people don't care about their job that's why they've done it badly like <laughs> you just get get on with things um, and then Phoebe just uh, tries to call us out on um, on being idiots so um, that's yeah that that is the loose plan to be yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, I like that position. I love, I love the, um, I do sort of love what it's become. And, and to be fair, I actually, <laughs> despite the thing, no structure, no ideas, it's actually the best it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. Have you found that people are enjoying it more now than you're just sort of being yourselves and just having a chat? Oh yeah. It's getting more popular and it's getting, uh, yeah. People coming in with, uh, more positive reviews. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think it's one of those where. I think we were trying to be something we weren't um, before and just wanted to have a podcast. And now it's become more about what what our lives are and our personalities. And we sort of, we lean into that more and that's more enjoyable. And it's more about um, podcast audience interaction, which people enjoy much more than sort of a, more of a straight-laced interview. I don't think I'm, I think this would be something I'd maybe want to get better at, but I don't think I'm, a a good interviewer and be like really interested in being a great interviewer right now like I, I don't want to be known as like an interviewer I want to be the guy being interviewed so that's that's like so so what I have a habit of is asking someone a question and then I just keep talking <laughs> so I just I just go what do you think of that because anyway I thought that <laughs> and then in my head I'm like I've asked a question I've been good but I've rewarded myself with talking more um, so thank you for having me on this, Alex. I'll tell you what this is as well, is that every podcast I get invited onto, people always end and then go, I think I think that's the longest episode we've ever recorded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they never say, I think that's the best or like the most insightful. <laughs> they just say, yeah, I mean, that went on, didn't it? Well, I mean, I you know, I'm a regular podcast listener and your episode's coming in at like an hour and a half and stuff like that that's you know an hour longer than most people's podcasts isn't it so you've got thank you yeah <laughs> thank you I, I love that you're just taking that as a compliment it's just an observation where you're like oh thank you like, <laughs> big believer in quality, quantity over quality <laughs> yeah. mate don't worry about that 
<laughs> in fairness, I think that's where if we had more money and time, the way that podcast probably will develop. Um, and if you want to listen to it, check out all I do as well. But um, if, if the way I see it developing is eventually it will have a a, uh, a designated sort of uh, more ruthless um, editor who will who will shrink it uh, to a more maybe. Uh, how do we say this? Manageable size. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but at the moment, I think, uh, well, I mean, I personally enjoy just sort of rocking up every week and chatting nonsense for a while. And then also the sort of advice we've been given um, is that people just always want more. So I think that the best thing you can do is offer people two things. So offer the the more consumable length of anything for your less sort of hugely invested listeners and people who just sort of enjoy it might well might as well but then there'll always be people who just want more and more minutes more and more stuff and so given that so maybe it'll develop into maybe two two um types but uh but yeah no well thank you for listening alex that's boosted the listeners up a, a couple so that's nice so uh that's up by 100 percent, which is great to hear how did you meet tom in the first place is he was that someone you met on the uh comedy circuit yeah, so we met better getting knocked out of a competition. So there's a competition, I don't know if you know it in comedy, it's called um, So You Think You're Funny. And it's one of the few remaining sort of prestigious competitions because I think they used, went back when there was only about 50 comedians in the whole country. Now there's like 50,000. Uh, back, back when there was that, there was a, a couple of comedy competitions. This was one of them. It's been going for like 30 odd years. Um, and now there's every competition for everything. There's like... South East Kent under 25s comedian of the season or something like that and everyone's got everything on their poster and I came third in that myself don't want to brag yeah. but I uh, but we've got So You Think Funny and you can only the thing with this one is you can only enter it once in your life and it's you get seven minutes to try and be as funny as possible and, and me and Tom met because we were both in the semi-finals of that and that was it took place in Edinburgh and I we both got knocked out of that at that stage and decided to uh, get drunk and and chat about comedy and our lives and we, he, he was like we need to diversify you know podcasting is a big thing and I'm like I'm like yeah man sounds great we should do a podcast was like okay sick and that was sort of how it happened and then we decided what that podcast would be and he had the original idea of failure and we actually predate the uh, sort of Elizabeth Day How to Fail podcast, which is obviously it's obviously quite big now. Yeah. But we'll, we'll take credit for that one as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, but but we so we started that way ago. So before just sort of just before podcasting became such a a mainstay for comedians. No, it was it was still in that time where people were sort of scoffing at starting your own podcast. I think there's a. There's a lot of like that British mentality when it comes to anything creative where you scoff at people sort of trying trying to be ambitious or like trying to connect with an audience. It's like, no, you should be you should be self-deprecatory to the bitter end. You should be on stage uh, accidentally in front of ten thousand people talking about how you're an idiot. That is comedy. Yeah. Like it's, it's not you're not supposed to have channels or engagement with with people who like you. Um so we did that, and actually in that competition, um, only one went through in each in each semi final, 
and so we weren't that one and there was about like six of us six to eight of us in that in that semi-final and a couple of wild cards went through as well and uh we didn't even get the wild card either so we were we we did we were, we were mid-table at best in our in our semi-final <laughs> and uh, we thought it was a good place good place to start uh, in terms of failure yeah that's quite a nice sort of I can see where the you know the theme for the podcast all I do is fail comes from the back of a failure and then you've turned it into a success that's like that's like a motivational speech you should be giving success is a very strong word there Alex I will tell you that it's uh it's to turn it into something <laughs> I think that's that's more like it um but yeah no I do think I should give motivational speeches to be fair I uh I have loads of motivational quotes on my wall and um I uh, I'm a huge huge deal, so I think uh, probably probably that's what's needed. Fair enough. I wanted to ask a little bit about how you first got your start in comedy. So, um, do you remember your first gig and what sort of things you were talking about on stage uh, back then? Oh, mate, hundred percent, hundred percent. First gig was in university, so. In terms of how I got into comedy, I need to say the main thing is my dad. My dad got me into comedy, into watching loads of comedy shows, and he was himself a big. Uh, he is. He's still alive, and uh, just his big joker. Yeah, I know, right? I'm not. They're dropping that news just now. Be, uh, it's, a sh- it's a shame he's still alive because it means that I've got not got a hook for my show. So it's like, ugh, like you know what I mean? Dad, you're so selfish. So um, he. Uh, he is still alive, unfortunately, and um, he's a big joker. So he, I always wanted to be like that, that sort of life of the party and, and, and make people laugh and be the funniest. That was the that was a big deal. Uh, for as long as I can really remember, I don't really remember a time. I always wanted to be good at football and funny, and I can't remember anything else. So I suppose I am quite distinct in that way from a lot of other straight men that I would want that. So that is, makes me quite interesting. <laughs> it's your USP. And then, exactly, yeah, people are afraid to say nowadays. And then, um, and then I remember my first gig. I, t- I started doing improv comedy at uni because I wanted to protect my virginity. <laughs> and I it failed. <laughs> Classic. And... Um, I really enjoyed doing that. I really enjoyed doing improv. I just joined the comedy society. And it was something you could get involved in pretty easy. But I didn't do stand-up. I wanted to do stand-up. But I was just sort of scared. And then there was a combination of two things that got me into doing stand-up, my first gig. One was I was a bit miserable with how my life was going. I was a bit upset that I didn't feel like I was achieving my potential. Achieving potential was sort of a huge deal for me. I really hate sort of wasted potential, you know, especially when you've lived such like a nice life that I've had and to not sort of try hard. Right, and, okay. Um, my mum my mum my mum was big into that sort of not you know, no laziness. And then um and then so I did, so I thought, so I made a list of stuff that I could do to try and feel, give my life some meaning. And one of them was stand-up. And then the other thing that actually got me into stand-up was um, seeing people uh, do it badly, like student comedy. I saw people who were rubbish at stand-up. And um, I, I never got when people were like, I was inspired to do stand-up when I saw, you know, Mickey Flanagan kill, crush it in front of me, O2 or something. And I'm like, I'm like, that to me was always so daunting because that reinforced the belief that like, stand-up comedians are these divine people that get picked, they make it all off the top of their heads and they're just, you can never touch them. They'll just be hilarious all the time. And then when I saw people going up there being rubbish, I was like, I was like, that's so good. They're doing it. 
they're doing it even though they don't have any jokes. And I am here like a coward. I'm sitting here like a coward because I'm scared. <laughs> and they have, they look at the bravery they have of not being good. And I'm, I felt like such a loser. And, uh, and so I was like, right, well, I'll just do it then. I'll just be okay with maybe not being brilliant. So I did my first gig and that was at the university and it was in front of a very lovely crowd of students from the Comedy Society who were just happy with whatever, you know, they were just, they just wanted people to see that they were into comedies, basically. <laughs> They're just desperate for identity. It's like, ha ha, we're the comedy crowd. That's us, you know. So, so that was lovely. But I remember being sort of disappointed by it and it went well and, you know, I, I was talking about sort of quite original niche topics i think i had like stuff about tinder and dating and things like that so mm. it's sort of like a lot of stuff that other comedians were sort of afraid to talk about but um <laughs> not me and um and yeah i did I, yeah, so I, I remember that i remember that was a, my main my main bit i remember was i got up a picture of my my tinder photo and talked about how i'd got lots of matches in scotland and not in england and why that was is it the red and, hair because i'm it, sure that's what people think so i think I think that was part of it. It was a very silly photo. It was like me in my kitchen at uni with like a shaved head with uh, uh, chopping uh, onions on a chopping board with goggle with goggles on, so I didn't cry. <laughs> and because um, because this was also back in the day when like Tinder and all those dating apps now are just are just the done way to meet people. But I think this must have been two thousand fourteen. And I think this was when Tinder was just coming out and it was still sort of seen as this silly game that would probably last about six months before everyone was like, okay, well, obviously we're not going to just robotically match each other on dating apps. Mm. And then it became like, oh yeah, that's exactly like, that's, that's, that's the best way to do it. Like that's the, <laughs> once everyone gets over how cringe it is, like that's, it means you meet loads of people. So I, um, I remember talking about that, but I was a bit upset because, uh, like my mates came in, some mates from uni came along and that was nice of them and went out afterwards, but I didn't really want to go out because I wasn't really feeling in the mood because I was I was not happy that it didn't go incredibly. Like it went well, but it, it I was hoping that like I would get this sort of standing ovation. People <laughs> would come up to me and say, oh mate, Ali, that I never, I, I thought I'd seen comedy and then I saw that and that you are... The next huge thing and i just didn't get any of that everyone was just like well i mate," and that was that because <laughs> because because it would have been very average at best anyway so um but that's how i remember it going and then so there was sort of two critical points there was that one where i did my first gig and then i didn't gig much you know i just now and then with the uni um but uh then when i came back to london is when i started actually gigging like every week and um and that was again sort of due to that fact that I didn't sort of like my life, and I thought I was uh, missing out on 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 living the life that I'd sort of dreamed of. And I um, so I started gigging because it was uh, just something to do that I thought might be enjoyable. And then I I sort of never looked back. Cool. So what sort of track were you on before you made this? You know, you're talking about not being happy with your life. What sort of track were you on before you decided to change and go down the comedy route i think in those two examples the first one i had come from a very academic school it was like a grammar school it was like one of, but it was like one of the free ones where like everyone there was just we're all here to be doctors and lawyers and medics and that's all boys very competitive very high achieving and i've just been brought up in that in that world and so i would got good results 
Um, and then I went to, but I, went, but I didn't go to Oxbridge. That was my first sort of failure. When I didn't go to Oxbridge, I thought, I thought I'd be able to, and I just wasn't good enough and wasn't in, into my subjects enough, you know. Um, went to York and uh, had a great time there. Really loved it. Had a great first year and just basically spent the time uh, partying, hanging out with mates, having just like the best ever time, you know. Um, and then in the second year, things started to move on and I was still sort of doing that and it all just became a bit stale. It became quite boring and repetitive and suddenly people were like, well, you know, now we're in second year, you've got to start thinking about jobs and applying for stuff and I wasn't really, I was quite dispassionate about my life. I'd also broken my leg at the time. I was told that I'd, I'd not be able to run anymore um, and so I should give up running, give up football, which was a huge deal for me, so I was sort of upset about that. So I, and that was part of the list. I made a list of like sports that didn't need running. And I was like, I'm going to be the best darts player ever. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to just be sick at darts. I'm going to be with the darts groupies. I'm going to be at the Ali Pally. Everyone's going to be like, Ali's fucking sick. And they're going to call it the Ali Pally because I'm Ali. You know? <laughs> but but uh, fortunately for everyone, didn't have to do that because uh, yeah, I got, I went and got a second opinion and it wasn't that, um, wasn't that harsh in the second time around. But so I just felt like I was a, I had a stagnant life, you know, the, 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 the girl that I was really into sort of didn't like me back. And that was, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but it's quite torturous, you know, when, when uh, you're sort of having an on off thing with someone that, you know, in your heart, in my heart of hearts, looking back, really, they weren't that into me, but they would just sort of now and then would pick me up and put me down. Oh man, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. And I'm sure I've, you know, I've messed with people's heads in that way. I'm, I'm in, in the past, so you know, I, you know, we're all like 19 at the time as well. So I get it. But, um, but so I just, I just felt like in that instance, I had had my fun and life had come back, and it was like, you know, you know, when you're at a party and you just realise it's time to go, and that's how it felt. You know, it's not that the music's not playing, it's not that there aren't drinks still flowing, it's not that there aren't people still around, but you're just looking around being like, this no longer is what I want to be doing. And so that's how I felt, and so I felt like I needed to get life back. Um, and then the second time was, I'd come back from uni, and I'd gone back to live with my parents. Unfortunately, I'm from North London as well, so I was sort of in London, I didn't have to go. I felt for these people, I had to go back to some like village where they didn't like the people they went to school with and stuff like that, you know. Um, so I was fortunate in that, but uh, I was just back at home and um, I'd... Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to, I still sort of wanted to work in advertising, I got rejected from loads of advertising jobs, I then wanted to do, com I thought about doing comedy, and um, I was like, maybe I'll get a part-time job and then do comedy, and my mum was like, no way, that's happening, you know, <laughs> you need to get a real job, uh, so I was like, okay, fine, uh, and then, um, so I ended up getting this like internship in executive search, especially fancy recruitment, hated it, um, I was fortunate that a mate of mine had got me the job and so he was there, but otherwise the, the company and the, the, the boss was rubbish. And I, I, I just sort of, again, had one of those moments where you just sort of, you look at your life objectively, you're like, I hate this life, like this is rubbish. Like you, you're not appreciative of other things. And I was just like, I don't, I'm working a job I don't like. I'm in living with my parents and I've, you know, after all that sort of hope and build up through my teens of thinking I was special, I'm just now sort of sitting here like any other schmuck <laughs> just <laughs> just doing nothing sort of wasting it you know um and so i think i think then at that point i was like i made these lists i was like what's, what's two things you want to do one of them was be a comedian and one of them was be a football journalist as i said just going back to those two very basic <laughs> basic things i'm into right 
Um, you must get people on here who are like, yeah, I was inspired by the works of Dali and stuff like that. <laughs> no, I like, I like Man United and pissing myself. So, um, so there's the quote that I was I'm like, going right. to promote this with. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. That's on my, yeah, that's, <laughs> that is on my hinge actually, to be fair. But, um, the, uh, so I had these two, I had these little cards and I wrote out football journalist and comedy comedian. And I thought, right, it is, is as bait in as basic as steps as possible. Just fill out cards from for the route to get to these things so with comedy i just write i wrote uh do open mics do well in competitions get an agent get on tv professional comedian football journalist i wrote uh write articles for free write articles for some money write articles full-time for full-time money football journalist that was it i just wanted to make it as basic as possible to make it look like it was far more achievable right yeah than than some just intangible thing of being a comedian so i just went right i'm going to do those first two things so i just started doing open mic comedy and i just started writing articles for free and that was it and then i couldn't do both and uh preferred the comedy and so i just was like right i'm on the way of that now that was that If you go over to the Who's Flying the Plane YouTube channel, you can watch the latest episodes of In the Studio, our video series talking to artists and creatives about their craft and showing the environments they work in. All of Series 1 is now available to watch, and the first episode of Series 2 is available now. And if you keep an eye out, they'll be uploaded every other Friday. So just go onto YouTube and search for Who's Flying the Plane, or you can follow the link in the description for this episode. way up the the ladder that you've sort of made for yourself there haven't you because you, have you you're I guess you're sort of looking for tv stuff at the moment is that fair to say or have you made an appearance yeah no 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 tv work I'm getting close I'm sort of <laughs> I think I think I'm sort of jumping around the the agent and the tv steps <laughs> I think when I when I did these lists, lists in 2015 the tv was a lot more uh important for for how to how to be a professional um entertainer whereas now obviously the internet and social media is is um it's, it's come i you know it, it, if i'd have done those lists now i might i might have written something different in terms of getting this many followers or whatever so i still don't have an agent i've never had you know a i've not really had much interest from any agencies no no big agencies no nothing but um it hasn't sort of prevented me from from going further towards the idea of being able to give up my um give up the day job full time um so I am, yeah, getting closer, and it's something that you just got to sort of. I'm not, a, I'm not a big believer in vision boards because I don't like the specificity of it. I don't have a specific dream like, live at the Apollo or you know, an Edinburgh Award win or something like that. I think some people are like that. Some people are driven by that and fair play to them. But I prefer the sort of bigger stuff of like work hard, work at something you enjoy, and then ultimately whatever the end product is you'll have enjoyed your life and you'll have used your potential. So don't, I don't worry too much about the specific thing because also I think you come off a live Apollo, that was brilliant, what's next? That's just the way my brain works. So I don't really want to feel like one specific objective is going to make me happy. That's why I kept the sort of things at the end, just football journalist and professional comedian as sort of quite vague. Ali, what would you like to offer up as your Who's Flying the Plane hidden gem? Okay, so this is really, really unhelpful, 
But, <laughs> but I think it's something that you can't watch anymore. But if you can find it, let me know because I want to watch it again. Um, <laughs> there was this, there was this TV show on BBC Three years ago in the noughties, and it only ran for one season. It was six episodes long, and it was called Mouth to Mouth. Do you, have you heard of it? I haven't heard of it. Okay, <laughs> fuck's sake, Alex. Oh, sorry, cut out. <laughs> Um, thank you you gotta, you gotta sell it to me though points. sell it to me yeah so this is some of the best TV I've ever watched in my life still and I, I, I don't know I, I hope I hope the writers have gone on to create big big things because I don't know what happens afterwards but if you can find it there's, it's still on the BBC website or the iPlayer website as a thing that existed so it's not you know you ever have those things where you think did that even happen like kids TV <laughs> you go back and you think was that real did I dream that so it did happen but what it was it was six episodes and they were six interlinking stories from six very different people and instead of like instead of uh, the action playing out they would be like monologues by the each person and they would come up to the to the camera and say it at different junctures throughout throughout one episode so just after the thing had happened they'd be talking about it like basically you were like their diary and it was incredible it was so good and i remember as well at that time before there was like the idea of of like quotas or different voices or something like that like it genuinely just was a diverse piece as well like one of the one of the um episodes was on a gay footballer which even now is still like quite a um a taboo topic i mean there's literally no open uh, gay footballers in the uk yeah um a professional and um and i think this must have been in i think this show might have been sort of it's 10 to 15 years ago is where we're looking and uh, if you can find it then then let me know because it was it was brilliant and i had no idea who the actors are i had no idea who wrote it <laughs> i used to i think i might have I think I might have emailed the person who wrote it at the time being like, I love, really loved your show and I want to get into TV work. Um, do you have any tips? I don't think they ever emailed back. Well, they did. They never emailed back. Um, but, but that, that TV show is very, very niche and very, very excellent. And it never had a second season. I don't know, I don't know what it was, um, but it was absolutely brilliant. So if you can find mouth to mouth, <laughs> I mean, then watch it's... it I implore you and tr you have to watch it in sequence as well try and watch episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 don't like watch clips because it will just it will not have the same effect I know you've got a live version of your podcast coming up and some tour dates so if mm -hmm. you want to I'll open the floor for you to tell the listeners what you've got coming up uh, and where they can see you live yeah, of course. So uh, if you are a fan of All I Do Is Fail or you want to check out the podcast or just check out uh, as I've built it, sort of me laughing at my own jokes, then Thursday 31st of March at the Bill Murray will be part of the podcast festival they've got going on there. 8pm slot they've given us, prime time. I mean, what a terrible decision that is. But, <laughs> but we will be there. You can get tickets on the uh, All I Do Is Fail social medias or on the Bill Murray website. So uh, All I Do Is Fail social medias, Pod, A-I-D-I-F-P-O-D on all um, good social medias and then on the Bill, the Bill Murray uh, pub website you can find those also I have my debut show it's going to be called Worst Friends and it is uh, going to be at the debuting at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in August so if you are there check me out Ali Woods Worst Friends and if before that if you follow me on social media Ali Woods Gigs 
A-L-I-W-O-O-D-S, G-I-G-S, Alley Woods Gigs, then you will find uh, other sort of preview dates that I've got going on. I'm going to, uh, I'm always I'm always around in London and I'm also going to Brighton and to Hastings and to Nottingham. So if you're in any of those parts, and to Edinburgh soon. So if you're in any of those parts, check me out. I'm not going to obviously like come up, say hi or anything. Like I'm not, <laughs> I've got things going on. But <laughs> come, by all means, come, pay a ticket, sit there, watch. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but no, obviously I will. Thank you, I'm very desperate for attention. So um so there, that's my plug, Alex. Was that okay? That's perfect. Yeah, thanks a lot for Fabulous. taking the time to talk to me, Ali. Uh, yeah, and best of luck. No, thank show. you for having me, Alex Wilson. I really appreciate being on Who's Flying the Plane podcast, and I look forward to many more episodes to come. You've got a great podcast here. Thank you. Thank you very much.